We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 Genesis Invitational Picks. Quick preview and research for the event. You want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings? Easy. The Pat Mayo Experience Rake-Free Listeners League is now open. Link is in the description. It filled very quickly last week. We're up to 3,500 spots. You can have up to three entries. And again, there's no rake. That's down available in the description, as is the link to the Mayo Media newsletter. I highly suggest that you go sub to that right now. It's completely free to use, and it will have additional research. And that's where all the picks, finalized picks for the week, cheat sheets. If you ever miss anything, you can always check in on the newsletter to go find that. Remember to smash the like for the episode. In the comment section, give me your early lean and sub to Mayo Media network on youtube or subscribe to the pat mayo experience audio podcast on apple spotify stitcher google wherever you happen to listen to download podcasts you can do that for the pat mayo experience give us a five-star rating while you're up there as well my entire walkthrough today is going to be provided by fantasynational.com fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20 percent off any level of membership the weekly the monthly the annual all 20% off with fantasynational.com slash mayo. So here's what we're dealing with at Riviera Country Club this week. It's the final edition of the West Coast Swing on the PGA Tour. And if you want to know what major season is going to look like in 2022, this tournament is going to give you a pretty good idea. Obviously, we know that Tiger is the host of this course, and since Tiger has become the host of the Genesis Invitational, one, it's changed from an open to an invitational, thus lending it more prestige. That means you get a three-year exemption on the PGA Tour if you end up winning. It means the field is more condensed, so instead of having 144 or 156 players, there's only 120 players in this field, which means that at least 54% of the field is going to play through to the weekend. Now, you might think that means, you know, Boku six of six lineups for everyone on DraftKings. I mean, theoretically, yes, you have a better chance of having a six of six lineup than most weeks here, but it just takes one chalk guy to miss the cut. Then all of a sudden, like everyone's below 5%, almost like they are every single week. But this field is absolutely loaded. When I say it's an indication of major season, 
This is really what I'm talking about here. Each of the top 10 players in the world rankings will be in the field in Los Angeles. Also of note, this is hosting the 2026 U.S. Women's Open and will be the host site for the Olympic Games in 2028. And we all know how fun it is to watch Riviera on TV. Like, it is just astonishing. All the different elevation changes that go through it, all like the dead-looking trees on the course, the really cool shape of holes. Uh, it's an awesome TV experience. Hopefully, CBS doesn't screw this up in terms of the broadcast, but I got to give a continued shout out to ESPN Plus for their early round coverage, early before the main coverage starts. It's been really good. Uh, it wasn't great for Phoenix on Thursday, where essentially their main feed was just the featured groups. I could have watched that anyway on the featured group channel, but you know, we're getting better each and every week. So uh, shout out to ESPN plus more, more coverage is the better for all of us out there right now. If you're in the rest of the world, Canada or wherever you can go to golf.tv and get that same subscription and you can watch golf at any time during the round that you want. It's pretty good. So again, top 10 players in the world are all here. And the guys that aren't playing who are inside the top 20 are all injured players. Daniel Berger is not playing. Obviously, he missed the cut in Phoenix, had withdrawn the week before from Pebble after sustaining a back injury at Torrey Pines. That is, you know, he's going to get healthy. He wants to play in the Masters. He does better on the Florida swing anyway. Get yourself healthy, big Danny B. Get that back all primed up. Take some Robaxa set and you'll be good to go. But he is not playing this week. Bryson is not playing Riviera for the first time in ages. He always he tends to do very well at this course, but he hurt himself over in Saudi Arabia after he slipped, uh, slash took meetings and slipped. But uh, he's not playing this week, nor is Harris English, who's going to be out for an undetermined amount of time. He's decided to finally go get hip surgery, I believe, uh, hence why he was struggling so much. But everyone else, realistically, is here. We're even getting back some players that we have not seen in either a while or yet this season on the PGA Tour. Colin Morikawa is back for the first time since the century. Tournament of Champions. Uh, he did go over to the Middle East and play. He was T62, T18 between Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Rory McIlroy, someone who plays Riviera every single season, will be in the field. Had a pretty good swing, uh, disappointing swing over in the Middle East to open his ears. Yet to play in the United States in 2022. Rory was T12 and third, although he should have been a win in Dubai, but he faltered on number 18. Then Bland and Vic went to a playoff, and all of a sudden, Vic is your champion over in Dubai. I did not play in Saudi Arabia, by the way. Neither one of them played in Saudi Arabia. So they've had some time off to get back and reallocated to the time zones uh, on the Pacific time zone back in America right now. The other guys uh, who are making their debuts, Paul Casey and Sergio Garcia, both making their 2022 PGA debuts for the year. They're both, you know, they're plenty familiar with Riviera. They play this almost every single season. Uh, Let's see. Sergio played three times over in the Middle East, never fell outside the top 25. Casey went T16, T12, T24. He played in Malaysia, then he played in Dubai, and then he played in Saudi Arabia. So both those guys finished inside the top 25 overseas in each round that they played. Thomas Peters is back at Riviera uh, for the first time since 2018. He's won two of his past five starts worldwide, one in Abu Dhabi. Then we bet him to win the Masters at 125 to 1 because we were too fired up for Thomas Peters, although he's had some success at this tournament. Only played it twice. Came T2 in 2017. Uh, then he came T62 or T68, sorry, in 2018. But that year that he came second at this course was the year that he came tied for fourth at Augusta National. And realistically, this is the most consistent golf the Belgian has played since 2017. So put Thomas Peters on your radar. I'm sure anyone who's in the know is already going to be on Thomas Peters. But if you're not in the know, 
Now you are. Thomas Peters. Good look here for him at Riviera this week. Uh, other guys, Bobby Mack. It's going over Robert McIntyre, the Scott. Uh, he's actually playing right now over on the DP World Tour. He's played a bunch so far, struggled to start the season, uh, and that tournament is not yet concluded. Uh, they're through three rounds over in whatever the hell the name of that tournament is where they played back-to-back weeks now on the DP World Tour. But he was T12 a week ago, and he's currently inside the top 10 with a chance to win going into Sunday overseas. And I really think this sets up well for Robert McIntyre if he can find his game right now. We've seen historically, left-handers do really well at Riviera, especially left-handers who do really well at Augusta National at the same time. Let's see, Bubba Watson has won this tournament three times. He has won at Augusta National twice. Phil Mickelson has won two or three Masters. Two? Three Masters? Whatever it is. He's won twice at Riviera as well. Mike Weir has won a Masters. He's won twice at Riviera in his career. Robert McIntyre has not played this course ever, so I mean, that's a you really need to understand these green complexes to really have a good run at it, but it wouldn't be crazy to see him have a really high-end finish. He bombs it off the tee. He is perfectly set up for this course, and in his Masters debut a year ago, ended up coming T12. He wasn't the low debutant, because Zalatoris came in second. Still, I still think it's a nice showing and a good spot for Robert McIntyre. He's going to be long odds. He's going to be cheap this week. I don't know if I'll bet him to win, but top five, top ten, that kind of thing, and if he's below, like, $7,000 on DraftKings, probably the way that you want to go. So those are the guys really making their debuts. You're familiar with everyone else who's been playing regularly on the PGA Tour. This will mark Dustin's second start on the PGA Tour. He played Torrey Pines and he played Saudi Arabia, and now he's back to play Riviera, where he was the champion in 2017. More uh, about this course, um, and more about the field and the course history that we've seen. Uh, Max Homa obviously won last year. Maximum Homa even being lodged up against that tree in the playoff after missing the two-footer on the 72nd hole to force to go to a playoff. Beat Tony Finau. And that just is another notch in the belt of guys that have won at Quail Hollow, also win at Riviera. Max Homa has now won at both. J.B. Holmes has now won at both. Who's the other guy? Oh, yeah, James. Han! Has won at both. Now, normally I wouldn't put too much stock into, oh, this guy's won here. Oh, Rory and Tiger and whoever have won here. No, no, no. We got James Hahn. We got Max Homa and JB Holmes have all won at the same two courses. There is a corollary between those two. So do some Quail Hollow research uh, if you want to get in the know of some potential sleepers that we might end up seeing. Phil's made some good runs there as well. Obviously, Ricky and Rory have both won there, have played well at Riviera over the years, although they've never closed out anything in the past. So you can go kind of take a look at that. It doesn't necessarily mean that one guy who plays Quail Hollow really well is most definitely going to play at Riviera really well. But I think for long shot purposes, it's not a terrible angle to take. Obviously, Augusta National... Yeah, Augusta National for left-handers, I most definitely think, is a real thing between this course and that course. But at the same time, both these fields have been relatively top-heavy. Uh, a lot of elite players between, and you know, when you look at this field, and all top 10 players in the field are playing, in the world are playing at Riviera, obviously they're going to play at Augusta National too, and great players tend to win. So it's hard to comp too much to Augusta National. But I will say, lag putting most definitely means a lot at both those courses. Uh, and around the green game really means a lot at both those courses. Being able to judge the speeds of these greens, this is very, very, very fast 
poa greens, uh, kakuya grass, uh, and don't be afraid of, for the CBS broadcast. Actually, do be afraid to play the kakuya drinking game because you're going to hear it 3,000 times over the weekend. Oh, he's in that kakuya rough. You're not going to get a consistent lie over there, Jim. <laughs> oh, oh, Nick, no, you're not. Kakuya grass, fun times. Oh, God. I hope this broadcast is better than that year Adam Scott one, which was really like when the public turned on how crappy broadcasts were on CBS. They have been improved since then, by the way. So the past winners, Max Homan, minus 12. Adam Scott, minus 11. J.B. Holmes, minus 14. Bubba Watson, minus 12. Dustin, minus 17. Bubba Watson, minus 16. James Hahn, minus 6. That was a rain-logged year. He beat DJ and Casey in a playoff that year. And Bubba Watson, minus 15. That goes all the way back to minus 14. Basically, if you can get yourself to minus 15, take it. You're probably going to end up winning. We've seen it go over that. But this course has teeth. It is difficult. It is long. Uh, And let's jump over to FantasyNational.com. If you go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, once again, you will get 20% off. Let's load up that Genesis field right now and see what we got going on here. We'll go to Tournament History and go to last year, you really do want to have an overall tee to green game with distance at this course because we kind of dig into everything. You're going to see that although it doesn't look huge on the scorecard in terms of length, there's a lot of hidden distance at this course. So you can see Homan did it you know, the way that you want to do it, gaining in all four facets of tee to green and on the greens. Like everyone besides having Rom, Rom bleeding strokes in Phoenix, Rom bleeding strokes here last year. It's just so funny how Rom cannot play his best and still compete and be in the mix with some of the best players in the world. Also last year, I had Cam Smith on a big outright. Obviously, he could not close. Had some nice runs. Another guy who plays Augusta National really well, by the way. Uh, just couldn't putt in the final round. It was infuriating. Uh, Sam Burns was the leader going into the back nine. Could not close it out, Sammy. I, I think he put it out of bounds on 11 or 12, and that was just, that was the end of old Sammy Burns. He's a much better player this time around, coming off a miscut at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, or the WM Phoenix Open. We'll get into the miscut stats a little bit later on in the show. You can jump to that if you want, or you can just log on to Fantasy National and go research that for yourself. Uh, Will Zalatoris in his debut, T15. Zalatoris is coming off of COVID right now, forced him to pull out a pebble. And Phoenix, he should be in the field for the Genesis. I don't know how COVID is going to impact him. But as we've seen with Zalatoris so far, these big greens, fast greens, long courses, he tends to play really, really, really well. We can go take a deeper dive into Zalatoris here, and we can see in his debut at this course, ends up coming top 15. So we can take a look at the Genesis. It wasn't his debut, he played it in 2015. That was a while ago. Did gain strokes on approach though. Geez, he must have been, what, like 19 at the time? Maybe even younger? Either way. 15th at the Genesis did not gain off the tee, which is not something that normally plagues old Willie Z. Very rarely does he lose strokes off the tee. So if he can improve there, continue the putting, he's going to be pretty good. Lost in a playoff at the Farmers, T6 at Amex. But let's just kind of take a scroll here. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open hurt himself at the Open Championship and was forced to withdraw. TPC South uh, South win very long for the WGC, ended up coming eighth. PGA Championship ended up coming eighth. Not good that he missed the Wells Fargo. Let's go look at the Wells Fargo too. Now that I mentioned that is a crossover. Uh, the Masters, second. API, long, hard, fast, difficult course, tied for 10th. Uh, Genesis 15th, Farmers top 10 the year before. So he has a good track record so far in his young PGA career of playing these long, fast, firm courses. Really good. Ones with big greens, tough green complexes that you're going to have to leg putt at. And listen, he's not a good putter from inside of three feet, but this is the most difficult course on tour to putt from inside five feet. A lot of three putts 
at this course, but he's a very good leg putter. We saw that even during his putting struggles at Torrey Pines. Like he was 60 feet away. He'd put it to three feet. It was the three footer that you were sweating the entire time. So here's what happened at the Wells Fargo. Last season, Rory won, took that well-timed drop, if we remember. Oh, there's the Mexican Allen Iverson for you right there. Abraham Ansel came in second place. Keith Mitchell, Luke List ended up popping up there. Don't overlook Luke List next week at Riviera as well. Obviously, he's playing the best golf of his career right now. Could be a time to hop back on Aaron Wise, although he looked broken in Phoenix. We'll see how that can come through. Kadira played well. Schwartzel, someone who's had success at Riviera in the past. We're still not getting Tommy. Tommy boy. Where are you, Tommy boy? He's playing actually pretty well overseas, so I don't want to say too much. Maybe he is here? Nah, Tommy's not here. Tommy, we'll see. Tommy generally plays Honda and Bay Hill before the players, so that's probably what he's waiting out for. There's not too many guys that haven't made their debut yet on the PGA Tour, though. Neiman, T18. Damon's another guy who's had a pretty good run at Riviera in the past. He lost, I think he was T2 or T3 in that Adam Scott year. Who else? Cam Davis. Maybe we can go back to him. Actually close with a pretty decent round after a horrendous round to open in Phoenix. So we can just go back through the years. Obviously, if you go over to the left-hand side of Fantasy National and you just scroll down to Quail Hollow, you don't want to use the PGA Championship year for Quail Hollow because those are different conditions. You see there are two. One is pre-renovation. One is post-renovation. You can just couple those together if you want. You hold down Command on your computer and boom. You can go Quail Hollow Golf Club. We can just highlight both those right now. We can look at our average per round, and we can see strokes gain total. Vic in only four rounds. Rory, Aaron Wise, Matt Wallace, Sergio, another guy who's played well at Riviera over the years. Damon and Casey and Fowler, all good Riviera players. Watney, that's taken some from, from a while back. Uh, answer, the Gucci man. Patrick Rogers, another California guy. Uh, Maybe it is time to go to Patrick Rogers this time around. And this is just the players that are in the field this week. Luke List in 18 rounds and 1.2 strokes gain total. Molinari, Pat Perez, Justin Thomas, who gagged away that year at Riviera to J.B. Holmes, is another one uh, that you can probably consider as a part of that list as well. So you can even... If you're trying to find sleepers for the week, this is probably a good way to go do it. I probably wouldn't want Watney... Like, Spawn is somewhat intriguing. Patrick Rogers, like I mentioned. I mean, Seamus Power has played Quail Hollow really well in his career. So maybe it's time to get back on Seamus Power. He missed the cut on the number in Phoenix. Uh, So not the end of the world for a lot of these guys. And uh, somewhat intriguing stuff here. If you kind of just scroll through the list to see who has played well. If you're searching for sleepers, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say that, like, oh, you, they need to play well at Quail Hollow in order to play well at Riviera. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that maybe you can find someone, someone down in the mix, some sleeper that no one else has. That's how you end up winning these things on DraftKings or maybe potentially hitting, like, a 200-to-1 winner. That's what I'm saying here. We've seen some long shots. James Hahn and, James Hahn and J.B. Holmes were well beyond 100-to-1 when they won. Uh, Max Home, I think, was 80-to-1 year ago so it's not inconceivable despite this being a very top heavy field and a very difficult course uh, it says that t gal is in the field right now he is not necessarily in the field he would need to win in phoenix in order for that to happen and i have no idea what has happened in phoenix because i am recording this before the final round let's jump into the core actually we can go back to the leaderboard one more time from last year right there we can see who led an approach let's see tringali morikawa sam burns Tony Finau, C.T. Pan. So hopefully Colin Morikawa has learned something about these greens because the ball striking was elite, like it is every week. Minus 7.6 strokes lost 
putting on the greens. This actually turned out to be a huge benefit to us because we cashed him as a winner the following week at 40 to 1. Like, this result sewered his odds. They're like, Morikawa can't putt. But yeah, when Morikawa does putt, he wins. And that's what he did at concession for us. So shout out Colin Morikawa. I'm I'm going to guess the odds at the end. I have no idea what they're going to do with Morikawa. For whatever reason, despite being a top five player in the world, he is the one guy who's odd just, he's so out of people's minds at the moment. Like Vic, anytime Vic does something well, he skyrockets up to like 12 to one. And Morikawa only gets that treatment when he's coming off like a major win. He has two of them, by the way. So I wouldn't be super stunned to catch a 20 on Morikawa. Maybe that's wishful thinking because I thought the same thing about Thomas this week in Phoenix and it just did not happen. But with the quality of this field, if the books don't think they're going to take Morikawa money, let's take money from the books by betting Colin Morikawa. Essentially, anytime he's 20 to 1 or over, he's in that territory of a must bet at this point. Dustin didn't really putt at all last year. I really like Dustin this week. Uh, I'm wondering how popular he's going to be. He's another one if he's somehow beyond 20 to 1, which I doubt because uh, he has the course history here. He's been immaculate at Riviera over the years. A great way to go at it. Even James Hahn played well here last year. CT Pan, he was another one who popped up on that Quail Hollow list. Finau is going to be an interesting case study. Once we jump into the numbers a little bit from Phoenix, maybe... Finau found something in that second round. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time someone's done that in Phoenix. I remember that's how I hit a Mickelson winner at Pebble Beach uh, three, four years ago. Now is that he had this horrendous first round in Phoenix, a place where he typically plays well. But then I sorted by round two stats and Phil actually led the field in ball striking. He just couldn't make a putt the entire day. So I was like, oh man, they're going to give us Phil at a pretty good price. The ball striking is pretty good. Obviously that's not the end all be all indicator of what's going on, but it presented some hidden value. I thought at least and he ended up winning. So I got lucky that he ended up winning, but at the same time, there were underlying numbers for it. I remember that was the same as Kucher at the Sony a few years back had really good underlying numbers in the final two rounds at the century tournament of champions, despite not having a good finish then all of a sudden boom we pop them at the sony open it's 60 to 1 it was fantastic news uh, so let's go back to the field here and talk about the course as a whole click on the course breakdown and what you'll see from riviera c c that would be country club it's a par 71 7322 yards poa greens grass and when i talked about the hidden distance in this course this is what i'm talking about so let's click on yardage here. You have this really short par three, 166 yards. You obviously have the famous number 10, my favorite short par four in golf, 315 yards. So that's taking away a lot right away. And then look at these par fives. You have almost a 500 yard par five, the hole that generates the second most eagles on the PGA tour. So a 500 yard par five, that's taken away a lot of distance, 583, 590. No, although they play a little bit longer because of elevation. So they play number 11 and number 17 do play longer than the scorecard suggests. None of them are over 600 yards. That leaves you with one, two, three, four, five, six, six. And number five might get pushed to being over 450 yards this week. Those are all difficult. As you can see, they all, all the par fours on this course outside of number 10, all play above par. And once we start getting down the list here, uh, it's getting pretty tricky. As we're going through it, you have all of the hardest holes are these long par fours. So you're going to see a gigantic amount of shots that come in from beyond 150 yards, but primarily 175 and 200. You can get away with shorter hitters at this course if they are immaculate with their long irons, like uh, how Molinari used to be or how Tom Hoagie is at the moment. Those types of players have a shot at this course. Damon is another one who's proven himself to be able to do that in the past. However, 
it's just much easier when you bomb the ball because you just have shorter approach shots. And it's not like people hit the fairway here. It's one of the lowest fairways hit 55% versus the tour average of 62%. You have to be able to play out of this rough. Hopefully the Kaguya doesn't eat up your club, but man, Bubba Watson never hits a fairway here and he's been fine over the years. Green and regulation percentage really down as well. 58% green and regulation rate down from almost 70% at the tour average. So the around the green game is going to come into play. As you can see here, it looks like approach means more, which it does, but almost like Phoenix last week, it's a lot flatter than you'd expect, especially when you move up the board. Let's take a look at the top five finishers historically, like, approach yes it's worth just about double just a little bit more than double than off the tee and around the green but when you see around the green come up that highly uh, yeah you can't be a terrible short game player like shout out to my guy Corey connors i don't know if you fixed your around the green game and it's funny that you really need to understand these green complexes because just looking at how this would play out and trying to predict who would do well you would never ever stumble onto bubba watson when it came down to looking at having to be good around the greens because he is not good around the greens just take a look at what he's doing in phoenix horrible around the greens really good at everything else we're going to be betting bubba obviously because we do every year at this tournament and it's paid off over the years either way he understands these green complexes much like he understands the green complexes at augusta national the one sneaky thing about bubba is that he's a very good leg putter a lot like zala torres horrendous within five feet very good from like 65 feet to get it in that five foot window then you just pray it's one of those weeks where he actually makes the putts and you're good to go. But for whatever reason, he's figured out these green complexes. So I, I do like Bubba. Once again, you can see the whole compositions. You have six, maybe seven. Uh, once the final scorecard is released down to 400 to 450 yards. Those are tough holes. And again, a lot of them are uphill, elevation changes. Uh, you, you really kind of have to cross off guys that are crappy around the greens. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you may as well just give all your private data to hackers or advertisers or ISP and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history will be more completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed on your computers, your tablets, your phones, even devices like Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or I'm in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash Mayo. Use promotional code Mayo to claim 70% savings. That's IPVanish. SH.com slash Mayo. Our next partner is a product I use literally every day, and I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to feel better in the morning. I wanted to have better gut health. And guess what? Six months into this, 
I do. It is terrific. I think all of you should go out and get Athletic Greens right now because you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. It's been really working for me. I have more energy. I'm more full in the morning, and I'm just eating healthier because of it. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, or nothing, it's something that you're going to want to have. AG1 Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. It's quick. You just pour it into the water, shake it up, boom, you're off to the racing races. And you're investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance. You don't need to take millions of supplements. It's all in Athletic Greens. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So let's look into what stats actually matter this week. I'll load up my saved custom model. Maybe we make some adjustments to it. I have not brought it up. Where's the Riv? The Riv. See, Quail Hollow needs fixing. Riviera's been pretty good in the past. Uh, Strokes game ball striking. That is the combination of T, off the T, and approach. I have approach at 10% around the green at 10%. 450 to 500 yard par fours, 10%. Driving distance, 15%. I have opportunities gained in the model at 0%, but I do want to see it on the screen just so I can see who's trending up highly and that's a good tiebreaker for me. I don't want it to influence the rankings that I come up with, but I do want to see it at the same time because, I mean, if a lot of the shots are from 175 plus or 150 plus, it's really tough to stick it within 15 feet of the pin, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. But I want to see who's hot from in close as well because those could be recovery shots. Those could be anything. Uh, I have 150 to 175, 175 to 200 and 200 plus all weighted at 5% putting in at 5%. What I'm going to do is scale back ball striking to 30% and enhance. Enhance. Enhance around the green up to 15% because I don't want that to come back to bite me. So we're going to load it in for the past 50 rounds on fantasynational.com. Obviously, you can make your own adjustments, do your own research, fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off. Additionally, if you're listening to this show before the Super Bowl has started, if you use code MMNNFL at prizepicks.com and you make any entry for the Super Bowl, that is $5 or more, and then Joe Burrow throws for more than one yard in the game, doesn't even have to use Joe Burrow. In, in the entry that you want to do, uh, they'll just give you a hundred bucks. So you can go deposit five bucks at prizepicks.com right now with code MMNNFL. Use that five dollars, make one Super Bowl entry, and then they'll just give you a hundred dollars. It is the easiest risk-free $95 that you'll ever get. And then you can come back because I've been doing more prize picks for golf. I know Rick Gaiman has been doing a ton of prize picks for golf. So prizepicks.com, code MMNNFL. Uh, if you missed out on the Super Bowl, if you just use code MMN regularly, they'll give you a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. If you want that too. So you deposit a hundred, you get a hundred and you're off to the races. So let's see. I bet you ROM rates out pretty well. Like every week past 50 rounds, the rankings go as such ROM list, Thomas, Rory, Casey, Cantley, Zalatoris, Keegan, Bradley, Hideki, Matsuyama, and Victor Hovland. Then you get Sungjae Morikawa, the Gucci man, Scheffler, Power, Xander, Vegas, Finau, Mav McNeely, who did withdraw 
in Phoenix, although he should return for this weekend. Sammy Burns, Thomas Peters, uh, and this doesn't include any European stats or international stats. This is just shot link data from the PGA Tour. So like Mayakoba isn't in here either, which is good for Vic because I mean he's won. None of his stuff is included from his three wins in his past six starts. So uh, good news for Vic that he was trending well before that anyway. You have Peters up there. Poor Mito. Missed the cut on the number, did not come through for us. On Monday morning, the stats from Phoenix will be loaded into this as well, so the numbers will change a little bit. Matt Wallace, okay, let's take a dive into Matt Wallace and see what we're saying here with Matty Wallace. I know Neiman played pretty well at Torrey Pines. HV3, poor HV3 was leading this in the Adam Scott year two years ago, then duffed it off the tee on number 10, and that was the end of him. Maybe it's a revenge scenario for Harold Werner III. He obviously won in Saudi Arabia two weeks ago, had a very poor first round, and Phoenix was okay in the second round. Uh, in Phoenix. So there's someone we could potentially look at. Anyone else? Kokrak is back. I mean, Kokrak made a nice run here the year that, who the hell won that year? I had bet Rory, Bubba, and Charles Bubba won. It was 2016 or 2018. Let's see, Genesis. Yeah, 2016, he came in second place. Has a pretty good track record uh, at this course over the year. Was horrendous around the green and approach last year, but gained it all on the greens. Wouldn't expect that, although he does have two performances over with five strokes game putting, but although you've only ever seen it materialize once where he had that amazing, immaculate ball striking year uh, to pair with it. Everything else off the tee has always been good. The approach has been very hit or miss for Jason Snorton, the coke rack. And I don't really even recall how he did in Saudi Arabia, but he was pretty good last time out at Sony, although that's a shorter course. We've seen him play well at, uh, I mean, listen, he has a win in Houston. That was a longer course. He has a win at the Charles Schwab. That's a really short course. So every time that he putts, he has some good spike putting performances. Maybe this is another year where we can go back to him. Let's take a look at Neiman and see how he's done at Genesis. Never better than 43, but has made two of three cuts in his career. Played it each of the past three years. Was awesome at the South Course at Torrey Pines in his first start of 2022. And then went over seas to Saudi Arabia and ended up playing pretty well over there too. So maybe Neiman at a discount price. I don't think that he's going to be, you know, unknown coming into the event. But at the same time, he's someone we can look at. Matt Wallace, somewhat interesting here. Uh, not sure how he's doing in Phoenix. He probably missed the cut, to be perfectly honest with you. But you can see some of the good performances that he's had. Wells Fargo is one of them. I mentioned Arnold Palmer Invitational. Pretty good at the Masters. I mean, just don't lose all your strokes on the green, and you should be fine, Matt Wallace. Uh, was not good at the RSM, but he's played some of these longer courses a lot better than you would expect. Uh, pretty good around the greens as well, uh, historically. So Matt Wallace is someone that I can potentially look at. Memorial, another long, fast, hard track. I did it around the green and on the greens that week. But either way, good at the API. Once again, we'll see how he's played. Genesis, I don't know if he's ever played here. He has not played this course, but he's going to be like $6,400 on drafting. So maybe someone to potentially go look at down there as well. Let's see the players over the past 50 rounds who have played really well on par fours from 450 to 500 yards. Cantley, someone who's like a course for the horse for Genesis, although this will be his third week in a row, uh, it's nice to see that he's overcome those back problems that plagued him earlier on after his accident. Uh, and for a while on the PGA Tour, he would never play in back-to-back -back weeks. It's encouraging for him and his 
outlook going forward to see him play back to back to back weeks. And obviously he's playing well in Phoenix, played well at Pebble Beach. He's played, Patrick Kentley was the player of the year last year uh, and played well three consecutive weeks through the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I'm not worried about him this time around. Um, so we'll see how he does. He's the best player there. So you got Cantley, Rory Morikawa, Dustin, Adam Scott, former winner. Answer is number six. He was the one who spiked a second place finish at Quail Hollow a year ago. JTM Bubba Grillo. Matt Wallace, there we are once again, number 11 on holes from that range. Perez is up there. No idea how Perez has played this over the course of his career. Zalatoris, Damon. I'm kind of digging Seamus Power. This be a big step up in quality for Seamus Power. And I think that after what happened at Pebble Beach and then what happened if when people went back to him in Phoenix at an elevated price and he missed the cut on the number, that you know the shine might be off. Might be off of old Seamus Power. Uh, after back-to-back top 10s for Perez, he missed the cut. I don't know why I put in Riv. Genesis. All right, so Perez plays this basically every year. Best finish was 13th in 2012. Kind of hit or miss. Uh, never really chipped or putted all that well. It's out of one year at the Genesis Invitational. So let's let's go back to the drawing board with him. Seamus Power. Obviously a missed cup. It was a top 20 machine before that. Played in 2019. Had a horrendous weekend, as it turns out. T64 for him. Not afraid of Seamus Power, though. Uh, I'm going to put him on a short list. Maybe a good first-round leader type play. Zalatoris is going to be the really interesting one. Because obviously the numbers love him. Obviously he's been running really hot. Played well at this course. And like I kind of pointed out to you, that he plays really well at this type of course. How much is COVID going to affect him? We've seen some guys come back after two weeks. They are completely fine. We've seen other guys in all sports, probably golf a little bit less because it's using less of your cardio, but some guys have been severely impacted uh, and are that way for two, three weeks, a month after the fact until they get back to full, complete health. So I'd be willing to risk it. I'm more willing to risk it on Zalatoris than I was on Berger and his back problem this week. Put it that way. So I would expect to have Zalatoris in my lineups. I hope that it's all going to be price dependent on him on DraftKings, but I think we get a pretty good number on him to open uh, to win this tournament. And it'd be nice... It'd be nice for Will Z after dropping the playoff and costing everyone outright tickets who didn't have Luke List at the same time. Who else do we have here? Best players from beyond 200 yards. Let's see if we can line them up on the screen here. Zalatoris first from 200 yards and beyond, 11th from 175 to 200. He's only 94th, and he has that extra distance now because obviously his putter is a little bit, or his driver is a lot longer. So maybe he takes more shots from the 150 to 175 bucket because that driving distance is up. 11th in the field in driving distance. Rom is another one who's great in both. Casey's great in both. Sungjae uh, is great from beyond 200 yards. Gets progressively worse until you get back into wedge range. Hovland, ninth, sixth and ninth from both those key ranges. EVR, hmm. Eric Van Royen, eighth and fifth on these long approaches. Let's take a look at EVR. I believe he was overseas as well. Take a look at old Eric Van Royen. Up to number 63 in the world, South African. I mean, South Africans are very familiar with Kikuya grass. At the same time, in Dubai, he was fourth. In Abu Dhabi, he was 12th. He was 20th at Sony, 25th at the Century Tournament of Champions. So he's playing some pretty good golf right now. No idea what his history is at the Genesis. Let's see. Missed the cut in one go. That was in 2020, so two years ago. Couldn't really putt. I don't know. See, his around the green has been horrendous, so that's not good. It's funny because I always imagined him as being a better around the green player than he actually is because uh, he's 
truly disastrous around the green. When you go look at the numbers over the past 50 rounds, he is 42nd in putting, but 110th around the greens and 93rd in the key par four range. So not great, but again, price sensitivity plays a lot into this. I mean, a value becomes a value at some point. There's a reason that guys are priced in the 6,000 or beyond 201. They have glaring deficiencies, but great putting can overcome poor chipping any day of the week and vice versa. If you're a horrendous putter, but you're putting everything to three feet when you miss greens, you're probably still going to be fine. So it's not that big of a deal. So we can try to figure it out that way. We know Neiman sucks around the greens uh, and his approach has been weak over the past 50 rounds. However, very good on these longer approaches. Let's shrink this sample size down to see who's trending a bit better lately past 24 rounds if we shrink down the sample size with this and see who has been a bit more fire hot fire maybe dylan fritelli hot fire dylan has been a little bit better zalatoris is still fourth in over 200 proximity so a different set of names sungjay rom mcneely is now up there california guy bigger greens though you like him at smaller greens but bigger greens Zalatoris, Champ, wake up, Champ. It'd be nice for people's lineups if Champ would wake up. Palmer, Thomas, Hovland, Hideki, Varner, Finau, Stanley, good God, Stanley, cross him off. Straka, Neiman, Morikawa, Casey are all up there. If we go to 175, and he, Hoagie is up there. Hoagie is top 20 in both 175 and 200 and top 40 and 150. Approach play across the board. He's number one in strokes gained approach over the past 24 rounds. But as you can see, Eric Van Royen, second, List, Molinari, Munoz, Finau, still up there. The Knights, who say, me, Smith. Number seven, bad go of it. I used him in DraftKings lineups in Phoenix. Not great, Bob. Uh, Mito, Rom, Connors, Jack Ken Lee uh, only has eight weighted rounds. He won the Genesis Open. I think that's what it's called. Or the Genesis Championship on the Korean Tour last year. That's how he is qualified for this field. If you were wondering, Doc Redmond won the 2017 US Am at this course. He's starting to play a little bit better golf. Not Great golf, mind you, but a little bit better golf. Let's see here. Yeah, he was 25th at Farmers, 33rd at Pebble Beach. He's going to be like $6,200 this week. Maybe if the guy could chip a little bit, it would be nice. Where have you been at the Genesis? 0 for 1 in his career, although he did chip well a year ago because he didn't hit any greens through two rounds, it looks like. Not great. Who else do we have up here? Let's see. Around the green game overall, Sungjae List, Matt Jones. Matt Jones popped up inside the top 10. Bobby Mack, although we're not getting any of his European data in here. I'm going to love Bobby Mack. Let's see. Let's write you down. Bobby Mack, Robert McIntyre, EVR, Matt Wallace. Those are looking like three guys off the beaten path. Obviously, I'm going to be in love with Thomas Peters. That's no stunner. But uh, Kevin Na is an interesting one. I feel like he's been really hit or miss longer courses are not generally where you want kevin now he tends to stay in his lane a lot but he has a second he has a fourth he has a third he has a tenth he can really get it rolling on these greens we know how good he is from greenside he's only ever lost strokes around the green once in his career at this course and that's over the he plays it every single year he's played it every year since 2010 uh, he makes the cut more times than not very bad off the tee for this course although i feel like his driving has been a little bit better uh, yeah when he's not in this like minus two range like that's bad but when he's minus 0.6 plus 0.4 minus 0.6 
2.4, that's pretty good. That's a short course at the Wyndham, though. You really kind of have to parse out how well he drives at longer courses versus shorter courses. But at the same time, he's played Augusta National really well over the years. If you look at the Masters, uh, especially the past two years, 12th and 13th, I have no problem with Kevin Na, and obviously he's in pretty good form coming in. Hasn't putted yet so far in 2022. That's eventually going to change because... Uh, we know that Kevin Na is one of the most elite putters once he gets it going. Kevin Na, you're going on the short list here too. I'm hoping to win one of these $4,444 qualifiers. I'm one of two teams with the six of six in my qualifier, so I'm really in like a head-to-head against one of these guys. Uh, hopefully Bubba can come through for me and just, just pile up a ton of eagles or something like that, or JT Poston wins. If JT Poston wins in Phoenix... I'm going to win a lot of fucking money this week. It's going to be fantastic. So go JT. I don't expect that, so I'm not getting my hopes up for that. But if you can finish inside the top 10 or top 5, that would be tremendous news for myself. So Kevin Knott, Thomas Peters, as that like mid-tier potential plays, Bobby Mack, EVR, and Matt Wallace as potential sleepers going down the list. I think that Gooch will be overpriced coming into the week because uh, he almost always is. But that's another one that you can look at. Driving distance in the field. Haggy, Cam Young. Cam Young having a decent week in Phoenix, too. I'll write down Cam Young. Cam Young. Young Cam. Rory, Vegas, Champ, List, Rom, Wyndham Clark, who had a top 10 at Riviera a year ago. McCumber, Bo Hostler. I mean, Hostler? Hmm. Hostler's playing better golf. Obviously, he was able to do it. Patrick Rogers is up there as well. We'll throw P. Raj onto the sleeper list. We'll discern these better on Monday and Tuesday show, obviously. But I just want to make sure that these guys are on my radar and I write them down because I forgot to write down K.H. Lee. Everyone bet him as first-round leader and won, based on my suggestion, I forgot to bet him. Like a complete jamoke. But, hey, I'm glad you all won. No, I mean, I wish I won, but if I can't win, but you guys win, then it makes it, it makes me feel better. Put it that way. Patrick Rogers, yeah. I mean, you know what you're getting with Patrick Rogers. Hopefully he can chip and putt and drive the ball 400 yards. Beautiful. Bo Hostler missed the cut at Farmers, a longer course, missed it, missed it. Sony third based on putting. He played pretty well, honestly, and rebounded quite nicely on the back nine Sunday at Pebble Beach after a really horrific start where I think he drove it into the sand off the tee like in six consecutive holes. Yet somehow battled his way through it, had made a double bogey and a bogey and back-to-back holes, but rallied for a T3 there. The, the distance isn't going to be a problem for him this week. Okay, what I want to do now is scroll back to phoenix and take a look at guys who who missed the cut because obviously i'm not going to have the full scope of guys who made the cut uh this time around because uh, the tournament is not over yet but i do know the guys who missed the cut so we can take a look at them and take a look at strokes gain total and now we can just kind of go through and see who had a good ball striking week yet didn't end up playing the weekend <laughs> fowler bad off the tee good on approach couldn't putt so maybe fowler luke donald approach every week for luke donald you can just do anything else luke donald in one of these like really crummy events in like may or june is gonna pop at some point if he ends up with this approach whether there be like byron nelson or i guess they're not going back to palmetto but i think he actually did well there last year too but where like these scrub fields are gonna be uh graham mcdowell actually played really well off that he drove it into the water did he drive it into the water and he like come up short of the water then go into the water on 17 that's how he ended up missing the cut by the way uh andrew putnam actually continued to play well drove it very poorly Werner chipped and approach was fantastic horrendous driving sam burns the approach immaculate the driving bad the putting bad putting and driving not usually a weakness for sam burns nice to see his irons are still firing t dunks and neesmith drove it really well couldn't really do much of anything else and that's kind of it. Let's see if we just go by round two. 
and take a look at this now of guys who made the cut who may have had a much better go of it Finau stroke and a half off the tee stroke and a half on approach three strokes game ball striking in the second round rallied couldn't quite get to the cut but we know that he plays Riviera really well is so encouraging to see a round like this from Tony Finau overall let's just take a look here let's go back to Genesis Field it's loading in my model that's why it's taking a little a bit of time and when we go back and look at past 24 rounds at tony finau to see the last time he actually had a round that good obviously that won't come in until he still rates out 24th over the past 24 rounds you can see even at firmers the ball striking 0.2 so rounds three and four at the amex were really good for him in terms of ball striking so really it was round one at the firmers round two at the firmers wasn't very good and he missed the cut round one in phoenix although he seems to have harnessed this back again where if he wants to be around 1.7 over two most definitely over two and a half would be fantastic for tony finau the driving distance and the driving distance is going to be up the proximity on these longer approaches is going to be up putting was really bad but you know we can figure that out as time goes along and he's played really well around the greens uh historically at riviera at least in my mind he has done that let's go see if the numbers actually tell me that uh yes 1.6 gained last year 2.5 the year before that second 51st 15th and second the past four years for tony finau like i said i'm very interested in how the market reacts to tony finau this week listen if he's going to be chalky at a cheap price probably not going to go there if he's a bit priced up and we get him again at like seven eight nine percent tony finau along with dustin johnson that's how i'm starting my teams dj and Tony Finau, because uh, I just don't think that's going to be a very popular mold. Also, Matthew Fitzpatrick on a course like this, I think is going to be very overlooked, but he plays long, hard, fast courses really well. Uh, we've seen it at Memorial. Um, the harder Memorial gets, the better he plays. API, same thing for Matthew Fitzpatrick. I have no idea how he has played at this tournament over the years, but we can take a look. That's what Fantasy National is here for, 30th and 5th. So there he is. Uh, we know that he's getting better around the greens, on the greens, and those long approaches have always been good for him. Where the hell did I hide that now? There's the, the leaderboard. So back to round two at the Amec, or at the WM Phoenix Open of guys who missed the cut. So we just found Finau and a very good round two in terms of ball striking. Brennan Steele, another one who had a really good one. Who else is up there? No one really. It's why they ended up missing the cut. Here's one. Cameron Davis, 1.4 strokes gained ball striking. Still lost on approach, but gained so many with his driver. Putted okay, lost around the greens. That's not bad. Wyndham Clark, uh, very good tee to green. Had a poor putting performance. Played himself out of the game on Thursday. But this is the type of guy. He came T10 last year. Wyndham Clark, first round leader. I'm going to write that down right now. Uh, I know that he's been popular the past few weeks, but this is him being popular and burning someone. And then people want to jump off. Let's see. Yeah, good around the green play for Matt Wallace. Really bad for Matt Wallace, though. Ooh. Went in the water a ton. Minus 5.2 off the tee. Ooh. That's uh, not great there, Matt. You want to figure that out if you're going to be any better. Uh, one for Pat Perez. Played a little bit better. Minus one. In the second round, CH3, and that was putting, sorry. That was putting and same as Roger Sloan. So yeah, this range right here, Steele, Clark, Finau, uh, both pretty good. Molnati ended up rallying to make the cut. Now that's all going away. So that would be the range that I would be looking at this week for the Genesis Invitational. It's time to guess the odds for what this is going to be. This is a really difficult one because course history is going to matter at this tournament. 
uh, when we factor in the odds. We've seen some guys who haven't played as much. Like, Colin Morikawa is the number two player in the world. Will he be second in odds? I don't think so, uh, especially after his performance here last year, which, once again, was minus 7.6 strokes lost on the green. Second in approach at Riviera. I'm going to be betting Morikawa if we get anything better than 16. Anything better than 20 is an auto, but maybe he's out of sight, out of mind, because you have Rom. And a lot of this could be dictated as well by what happens in Phoenix. If if the final leaderboard in Phoenix is like Brooks, Xander, Cantlay, Scheffler, then all those guys are going to get a huge bump at Riviera, and it's going to push down the Hovlins, the Morikawas, Rory's, that type of thing. So we have Rom, DJ, Vic, Thomas, Morikawa, Hideki, jeez, Good field. Rory. <laughs> I can't believe Cam Smith is number nine player in the world. Either way, Xander, Cam Smith, who has a good course history here, so he's going to be up in terms of all that. Name value-wise, I guess it depends on how Spieth finishes. So let's just take those guys. And if Brooks wins, Brooks will be back into this conversation as well. So that gives us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys to start off. And that's before, and, and then Cantley is going to be up there as well. Um, so those are the top 10 players in the world who are in this field, plus Brooks. Uh, and then you might get a bump from Finau or Finau, Bubba, uh, some of the guys who played really well. If someone surprising ends up winning in Phoenix, they might be up there as well. So we're going to go with Rom. And Rom, let's say, is this is too good of a field. I'm going to say 8-1 to one for him. Justin Thomas, 12-1. to one. Dustin Johnson, now is Dustin really going to be up there? Xander, I'm going to say, is 22. Unless he wins, then he'll be like 13. Vic misses the cut, but he's been super popular. We'll put Vic at 18. Hideki's just been playing pretty well overall. He was 18 to close in Phoenix in a weaker field, a place where he's won twice, so expect him to be down. Hideki, 25. Cam Smith, 25. If Brooks wins, he's going to be like 20. If Brooks loses, he's going to be like 28. Cantlay is going to be like 16 to 1 based on his current run in past history at this course. DJ and Rory and Morikawa are the three that I don't really know. If you catch a sliding number on any one of those three, it's an auto bet. In my mind, if you catch any of them above 20, I don't know. It'd be hard to think that you're going to have that many guys below 20 to 1. But I'll say DJ at 18, Morikawa at 18, Rory at 18, just to hedge my bet. So Rom, Thomas, Cantlay, DJ, Vic, Rory, Morikawa. And then you have Xander, Smith and Brooks, Hideki, all sort of in that mix. Then you'll get like bad odds on Bubba because he's won here three times, especially if he closes strong in Phoenix. He'll be like 35 to one or, or he'll open at 50 and then immediately when everyone bets him, he'll go to 30, that kind of thing. And plus you have your Sam Burns in the field um, and just a lot of really good players, but it's hard for them to be priced up too much. Zalatoris is going to be an interesting one. They hang. Would he open at 50? I mean, it's a pretty strong field coming off of COVID. I'm going to guess 40 for Zalatoris is the open. Anything above that, I'm in. I'm building my card already. I want to talk this through with Jeff on Monday's show, so go subscribe to that. Play in the Listener's League. Uh, the link is down in the description. Sub to the newsletter for more research on this, and check out my column up on DK Nation on Monday morning. And tune back into the show. Rate, review, subscribe, smash a like, all that jazz. Thank you all for watching. I hope you had a profitable Phoenix. I hope you have a profitable Super Bowl. And we're into the best tournament so far in 2022, the Genesis Invitation. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!